morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. The show is NXT Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it's a nice, uh, warm October morn here in Toronto. It's beautiful. Kind of yeah. looks like it might rain a little bit, but the, the temp is good. Yeah, the temperature is crazy for mid-October, mid to late October. It's a beautiful day. And you know what else was beautiful? NXT programming for the past week or so. Because on this week's show, we're going to be talking NXT from October 19th, 2021. And then on NXT UK Corner, we're going to be reviewing the show from October 14th, featuring a NXT UK title match that will probably be spoken of in many lists for top match of the year i can tell you we'll be talking about it twice before this year is over boris that match was incredible i would hear an argument that that was the best match of last week even ahead of the great danielson versus suzuki match i'd have to really think about it and place it in the list but uh it was a banger and a half yeah it's, yeah, for sure. It really was. It was so good. Like, you just watched it, right? So it's, like, really fresh in yes. your mind. So it's, like, you Absolutely. know, you still have that half chubby from that match. <laughs> still in the afterglow, Boris. <laughs> Love it. So how's everything, man? Oh, pretty good. Uh, pretty solid. Yeah, we uh, are a little late to it this week. We apologize. Hopefully, we will be back in person immediately after the show Every week going forward, yeah, yeah. Boris's apartment's still uh, dusty and underwater, but we're figuring it out. Yeah, it's more dusty than anything else, and it's not like I don't. It's you know, it's the equipment. I don't want to put out the equipment and have dust go into the electrical equipment and the mixer and all that fun stuff that we use. But uh, but yeah, hopefully at least NXT talk we can get in person. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what's going on. There's a lot going on, um, you know. Bam, tomorrow, we have a lot to talk about as well. Tons of G1. The G1 finals are set as of now, Tuesday, 8.15 in the morning. I'm not I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying it's set. Let me fucking say it's set. Shut the, calm the <laughs> fuck down. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't want to jump down your throat. I just wanted to preemptively jump in front of that train just in case you were about to spoil it, both for the listeners and selfishly for myself because I haven't seen you, it. You know, you've known me for many years now. When the hell have I ever spoiled anything? <laughs> That's true. That's true. That was performative on my part, Boris. I trust you, buddy. I, I know, just wanted I know. to I'm say joking. it for the listeners. We've got to get the back and forth. we got to get some material sometimes on this show <laughs> because, you know, if anything, this show leaves us wanting material however that said this week's show was actually pretty good i want it didn't watch it live i was watching the dodgers do their they thing they pulled it out for you buddy they did they, that, that sigh was more of a, a sigh of relief <laughs> yeah they needed your uh, moral support and i'm glad you were there for the team nxt talk uh you're not gonna wait eight hours buddy the yeah. dodgers needed you but uh, yeah, I do. I do agree. It was a pretty good show. I think it was the best 2.0 show. Yeah, yeah. Overall, overall, it really was. Um, there was only one thing that I would say was questionable um, to not good. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 get to everything very soon. But before we do that, Matt, we have one piece of business that we have to get to, and that is our star rating system. If you've heard us before, you know that we are done with star ratings and every week we have a rating de jour this week is no different so matt what are you thinking we do 
Well, I'm thinking this week in honor of uh, the great Carmelo Hayes, who calls his shot and does not miss, Boris. In honor of maybe the great Babe Ruth as well, we could say called shots out of five this week on NXT Talk. All right. I like that. Let's do that. Uh, So we are going to be talking NXT TV, NXT 2.0 from October 19th, 2021. Uh, So this is the Halloween Havoc Go Home Show. Halloween Havoc is also our one-year anniversary. How crazy is that? That's wild, man. I'm glad we've been able to do it every week, and we added a second podcast. It's going well. Thank you to everyone who listened. But, yeah, man, crazy, crazy. Yeah. One like, year. There's only been one week where you couldn't make it. Like, that. that's, that's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, all right. So, um, NXT 2.0 opens up with a video package on how Carmelo Hayes captured the NXT North American title by, quote-unquote, cashing in his breakout tournament title shot on Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, we go into the um, Performance Center. Vic Joseph welcomes us, uh, and uh, we go right to the ring because it's time to introduce the new NXT North American champion, Carmelo Hayes, with Trick Williams. Trick is the one to take the mic first, and he asks Alicia to announce Hayes as a champion again. The fans were 100% behind him. It's crazy the reaction that he's getting, eh? Yeah, definitely. They just kind of decided that these guys were heels, but the fans did not go along. The fans love Carmelo Hayes, and he could be what Hit Row should have been in that he could be a cool heel for like six months to a year. Leave him like this. Don't just change him now that he's like this. Like actually leave him as a cool heel who the fans can get behind organically. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And there's another team that we're going to, or another duo that we're going to be talking about later that they need to completely redo. But, all right, yes. so the fans are cheering for Hayes. He gets a you deserve a chant. Uh, Trick says that they look good, but most importantly, they have gold now. Like they told us weeks ago, they guaranteed it, and here they are. He goes on about how they're not humble, and he hypes Melobration for tonight. Fans chant for Hayes as he stands tall in the middle of the ring. He talks about coming on the scene four months ago, blowing through the breakout tournament to prove that he is the final boss then walking around for two months and waiting for the right opportunity to take what's his Hayes says last week he pulled a swerve on swerve himself Hayes says that he tells us he tells us that to tell us this when he shoots he don't miss and of course we get a he don't miss chant starting from the crowd Hayes says from this point on he's calling the shots he's the team captain the leader of the new school and as long as the titles are on his waist it is the a championship and we will refer to it as that he doesn't care if the fans officials or nxt champion tamasa Ciampa have a problem with it because he said what he said and of course this prompts someone to come out, and I was actually quite surprised at who came out. That was none other than Johnny Gargano. Johnny Rosslyn, man, I am excited for this little Carmelo Hayes versus Gargano match. Doesn't look like there's enough time for it on Halloween Havoc, but we're going to get that very soon. And, and again, I kind of like great. the formula that they're kind of going, right? Like, they have this big show, whether it be a WCW pay-per-view or a takeout, and then, um, you know, there's always a, a one program that they're still building on, and you're going to probably get that the next TV. That makes a lot of sense. You can't just, you know, you need something for that show, so I, I kind of like this formula. I can yeah. see it uh, lasting. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny that it's like one of the few things that has uh, still stood tall from NXT 1.0. Anyways, so Johnny Gargano's coming out. Trick um, says, who's disrespecting the champ? Gargano says, the energy in the energy in the room has changed. Welcome back, chance start. Um, he formally introduces himself to Hayes. He says he's had his eye on him. Gargano's had the NXT North American title more than anyone and just wanted to come out and congratulate Hayes. We get a Johnny Wrestling chant. Um, he says that this is a celebration and it's fun and he's been having a lot of fun lately with things like weddings, bachelor parties, but now that Austin Theory is on Raw, Candice Lorraine is at home, Andy Hartweller is married, he's lost his way, but he's trying to find out what's next for him. He thinks that what's next is staring at him right in the face. Um, he thinks, uh, so yeah, uh, he thinks that uh, going back to doing things like it used to be is the right thing to do. Uh, Gargano says Hayes might not miss when he shoots, but there's a first time for everything. Trick says Gargano should be worrying about his daughter because he's been in his DMs all. She's been in his DMs all week. Trick ba brags about how Indy loves he, uh, Hindi loves him and Hayes. Gargano briefly jokes around with Trick, taunting him, and then says his son-in-law is right behind him, and this brings out Dexter Loomis, who just so happens to be standing right behind him. Um, Hayes and Trick swing at Loomis, but he ducks, looks to apply the silence on Trick. Trick and Hayes are dumped from the ring. Loomis and Gargano are standing in the middle of the ring as the fans quickly chant for Loomis again. Yep. And then they give us the thumbs up. There was a lot All that right. actually happened in this short promo. And, you know, as I'm taking notes, I'm like, I've been, like, skipping a lot of stuff. But I feel like there were a few important takeaways from here. Number one, they mention Austin Theory on Raw. You know, that to me, again, it's it's that blending of the main roster and NXT, which is something that you never saw before and we're seeing more and more of now. Yeah, that's huge. That's definitely important. They also officially kind of said that Indy has split from the way. Like, she is officially kind of on her own now with Persia Parada. So, and I guess Dexter Lubis. But Dexter Lubis seems to be more part of the group than Indy does at this point. Anyway, I think we are going to get a tag team match in two weeks, the show after Halloween Havoc. It's probably going to be Mellow and Trick versus Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. And then three weeks to a month away, we're going to get that awesome main event North American title match. But yeah, I thought this was a really good promo. It's the best, like, start of the show promo I've seen WWE do in a minute, like in a very, very long time. Well, the thing is, right, like, it's to the point, and it was short, and it was good, and it sets up a new program. Oftentimes, these promos just drag and drag and drag and set up a match for later in the night, which is okay but, like, you know, right now, we don't know who's going to be on NXT next week or the week after that or the week after that. So I kind of like how they kind of keep it compartmentum. They keep it, you know. Compartmentalized? That's the word. And um, <laughs> focused. Uh, but at the same time, kind of trying to get a long-term program. Long-term for NXT program going. Yes. Yo, three weeks to a month is long-term for this current NXT yes. product, uh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, no, I just thought this was a really strong promo. It, it, like you said, it had a point, and oftentimes we'll see a 20-minute Raw promo that kind of has no point, kind of just tells you a bunch of stuff that you already know and books the match that was booked on social media anyway. So this was actually like a really cool little, not a swerve, but it was nice. To, it was a nice surprise to see Johnny come out. I like this promo a lot. You know what's actually hilarious? In my fantasy takeover, 
I called this match. No, did you? Yeah, good call. Good call, big homie. Way to go. Barry Horowitzing <laughs> myself right now. <laughs> literally, I saw it. He literally did it. <laughs> Not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So, um, so, yeah, that was a fun little opening. So, we're going to get to the first match, which was Odyssey Jones versus Andre Chase. Um we get back from commercial, Andre Chase is uh, making his way out. We see the little group of students that he has. He's calling them out. He's calling them the student section. And we get right into the ring or right into the match. This match was pretty short. Um, you know, if anything, this match was once again to put Odyssey Jones over, which I just don't understand why La Knight beat him a few weeks ago. But, you know, doesn't matter because, again, it's NXT 2.0, it's developmental, so, you know, here we are, Andre Chase, he's a fun goofball heel, but I feel that this is literally going to be his role moving forward, at least for the next little bit, but it is the Odyssey Jones show, he does show a lot of potential in the grand scheme of things, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, ton of potential. He's still very limited. I thought Andre Chase worked really hard in this match. His selling was was both funny and not like not like Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan funny, like funny in like a pro wrestling way. Like he made Odyssey Jones look like a million bucks. It was very short, but I, I actually really took a lot away from Andre Chase here. I'm surprised people think he sucks. Online, he doesn't get enough love. Andre Chase is good. This character is good. He's doing a good job, period. You know what it is? If... If they retooled this character just a little bit and he didn't wear that stupid um, university sweater from like the 1920s, I think people would take him a lot more serious. It's the getup, right? Like, I think it's. The getup is jobberific. Yeah, that's the issue. But I think that the character itself is good. Um, and he's a good worker. Like, again, you know, Odyssey Jones, I have issues with his in ring. You know, he's very green. He does some stuff that where, you know, It'll be interesting to see kind of where he goes, um, but he scares me a little bit. That's what I'm going to say. He scares me a little bit in the ring. Um, but yeah, you know, um, Grant, long story short, or short story long, however you want to say yeah. it, Odyssey Jones kind of dominated. Um, he kind of splashed Chase in the corner. He did a, um, he rolled him into the middle of the ring. Jones was all smiles. He hits another splash in the middle of the ring, got the in for the win in two minutes 58 seconds yes the world's strongest splash as it was just a, a running big splash on the mat and yeah i would say this was as high as three called shots out of five boris for a 60 percent um carmelo hayes percentage on this one just because of andre chase's personality and his selling in this match i really think he helped to make it an above average wwe squash so we'll give it a c I agree 100%. So Diamond Mind walking backstage. Malcolm Bivens talks about how all these people want a title shot without earning one. Uh, when week after week, the Creed brothers have earned a shot. He goes on to and says that after seeing how NXT works now, he's decided that Diamond Mind will just take what they want. So I really like this promo. The way they shot it was really funny because he started coming down. It looked like uh, out of gorilla position and into the ring. It kind of looked like they were doing right. Yeah. But the walkway wasn't long enough for the promo. So it, it like really started being that this cool little promo where he's walking to the ring and then they just stopped like 12 steps yeah. in and then just kind of awkwardly sat there cutting the promo. And the promo was so good that you kind of didn't notice, but it was kind of funny that they were, they were doing this thing and they were just like, Oh shit, we're out of room. <laughs> we better yeah. Stop walking. I noticed that yeah. too. It was hilarious. Uh, 
<laughs> I really like this promo though, and we're we're now like we're into this show. I enjoyed the first squash match, and I enjoyed the first two promos, and I'm like, okay, NXT. Okay, 2.0, let's do it. Yeah, agreed 100%. Uh, so this essentially takes us straight into your boys, the Creed Brothers versus Imperium. So terrible, terrible decision because it was way too early to beat these Creed Brothers. And obviously Imperium going to a tag team title feud can't afford to lose this at all. I kind of thought that the Creed Brothers were going to crush Imperium and take the title shot, but that's not what they did. Um, it appears Imperium is a babyface team now. I don't know, Boris, let's get into this thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think that on paper they are heels, but anything, anyone who is on the same camera, on the same shot as MSK, will be a face to the fans. That's a really good point. But this, so this match is then heel versus heel. because yeah, Diamond this is mine... heel versus heel. This is 100% okay. heel versus heel. I accept. I accept your terms, Boris. I accept that. Yeah, um, yeah. This is. Yeah, this is. This was exactly that. Um, you know who really impressed me in this match? Uh, Martel Barthel. Oh man, he is so good, Marcel Barthel. He is just so crisp in the ring. Everything he does looks great. He takes a good bump too. He's like he's a, an incredible in-ring wrestler. But yeah, this was only 5 minutes and 36 seconds, but the actual work that these guys did was really good. Julius is better than Brutus, but Brutus is coming along, but Imperium's an awesome team, man. Yeah. They're so good in the ring. The 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 styles so on like when I saw this match that this match was going to happen, in my mind, the styles were going to clash. You had a very technical team versus a amateur wrestling team. And for some reason, in my mind, I thought that it just wasn't going to work, but they made it work. Like, these guys are pretty good. The Creed Brothers, man, I will be shocked that they're still in NXT in six months. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. I If they're ever going to push the Cruiserweight title on the main roster, the uh, Diamond Mine would be a good way to do it. Have Roderick Strong just hold that title. Have the Creed Brothers win a tag title. Have Ivy Nile win a woman's title. And there you go. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I I am quite liking this uh, Diamond Mine group a lot. Quite liking the Creed Brothers. Julius is coming along. Uh, Do you want to touch on anything in the match before we hit the finish here? Um, no, like I said, it was like, I just like this, this had some cool things like Bartel kind of snuck outside of, um, out of holds. He kind of also inserted holds and in a very Zack Sabre Jr. ish kind of way. Like I really liked it. He really worked well. Um, and it was like amateur wrestling versus technical wrestling. Anything you want to call out before I jump to the finish? I uh, you know there there was one spot that was awesome when uh, Barthel is just trying hard to wrestle. Uh, I think it was Brutus Creed, and Brutus Creed just hurts him up into yep. a gut wrench power yep. bomb. Like yep. you can't wrestle me. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, so this this match was going along great, and then the new tag team of Ikamanjiro and Kushida ran down, began brawling with Diamond Mine. This causes, I believe, it was Julius it was Creed Julius. because he's the better one to get distracted. And Marcel pins Julie or Brute or yeah, it was Julius with an O'Connor roll, a deep one too, Zack Saber Jr. esque O'Connor roll to win the match in five minutes and thirty six seconds. Uh, cheesy bad ending, 
And they really, really didn't need to beat the Creek brothers so early, but I still couldn't go any lower than three called shots out of five, Boris. It's a 60% Babe Ruth percentage. Right. So here's the thing. I don't think this weakens anyone. Um, you know, you have this new feud with Ekman and Kushida uh, versus the Creed brothers. And what I really liked about this ending is that there was no music. There was a legit distraction. And Julius is like, what the hell is going on? Well, like, what's happening with my team? And yeah, he gets rolled yeah. up for the win. I don't like the end, but, you know, it, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the worst booking that you can possibly get. So Imperium wins there. After the match, Diamond Diamond Mine fights Jiro and Kushida to the back. Officials try to restore order. Imperium poses in the ring until the NXT Tag Team Champs of MSK attack from behind. And boy, oh boy, did the Nextras boo. Wow, they are hated, booing hard, this team. Like, they are full bore heels and i do think nxt needs to like lean into it and do a proper double turn at this next uh halloween havoc show or at least a turn and make msk clear heels in storyline but man they're already heels to the fans already oh it's crazy like it's crazy like what how they're having is it their promos is it they're just their style like what is it's not their in-ring is it no, it's definitely not their in-ring. They're, like, even you saw when uh, they hit those flips in, in the show, the crowd still went, ooh, ah. Like, you know, they they still, you can't hate on their in-ring. It's 100% their promos on their characters. 100,000%. Yeah. Yeah. They need to lean into this. Uh, so, yeah. Um, off mic, they challenge them to a title match. Uh, so then we get a video package of Kyle O'Reilly at a nearby park on his bicycle wearing a helmet and everything. Uh, Kyle is waiting for someone to arrive and then your boy, Mr. Von Wagner, pulls up in a truck. Kyle asks where his bike is at. Von Wagner says, for what they're doing today, they don't need bikes. Uh, Von introduces Kyle to some heavy workouts, logs, trees, pull-ups, branches, axes, chopping trees, more axes, more chopping, more pull-ups, more everything. It was like Rocky Four in Russia. Uh, they end the day with a few beers around the campfire. Kyle believes that they can get on the same page. They can cause a lot of damage. Vaughn agrees and says, let's kick some ass. Man, so where they were running around and all, all the all the foliage and stuff, it reminded me a lot of Northern Ontario where I grew up. I was just thinking, should I have been lifting? Should I have been doing pull-ups on these trees? Could I be looking like Von Wagner? And then I was like, well, do I really want to look like Von Wagner? That's neither here nor there, boys. Don't mean to insult anybody. Uh, I thought this was awesome. I thought Von Wagner did a really good job. Kyle O'Reilly is way too much of a loser, but if that's going to be his character, he's doing a funny bit of character work with I it. I just don't know why they make him such. <laughs> what? I don't think he's doing character work. I think this is just <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, if this is Kyle O'Reilly on eleven, I think they're doing a good job with it. I, I actually quite enjoyed this promo too. I thought this was this was pretty good. This is pretty good stuff. Yeah, this is I, the kind of pro wrestling that I like to see, man. I I really enjoyed this. Yep, we go from something good to something I absolutely loathe, and that's a Cora Jade video package. <laughs> You're way too harsh on this poor young Cora Jade. 20 years old, Boris, give her a chance. No, no, I won't. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> All right. Um, 
And then back from the break, we see Joe Gacy. He's somewhere dark room. He's speaking uh, to the camera. He says what happened last week with NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa was a setback. They learned that the NXT ring may not be such a safe space after all, but their mission remains the same. Gacy says they don't need violence to get their message across and no one needs to be triggered. He says a few more uh, buzzwords, says he still speaks for the disenfranchised. He says he will speak for everyone as a coalition and that they will be stronger uh, together than as individuals. We see Gacy, he's actually talking to Harlan, who is on the other side of some pexiglass uh, prison type thing. Gacy tells Harlan to take his hand, follow him, calling him a little snowflake. Harlan just glares at him to end the segment. If they, Boris, if they have Parker Bordeaux, who was supposed to be the next Brock Lesnar, who looks exactly like Brock Lesnar's little brother, and they call him Snowflake and shave his head, I might quit this podcast. If his wrestling name is Snowflake, I might actually quit the podcast. I might never watch NXT again. No, 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 no. I I doubt that'll happen. I doubt that'll happen. I'll um, also never quit this podcast. I'll never retire. Look, but, uh, if I didn't quit right after there. the disrespect of Legado last week, I won't quit ever. And this week. Oh, don't even get me started because that's what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, yeah, so we're we're going to talk I, about I like Legado this. after this. We're going to talk about okay. Legado after their tag team match because it's, it's just, anyways. Uh, all right. We go back to the wait, ring. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, before right. we move on, I just wanted to say I did like this promo from Joe Gacy. I do think the twist needs to come, though. We need to see him being a vicious killer. He needs to wreck someone with a chair. He needs to he needs to do the twist because as of right now, it's just like a lame character. It's just he's just HR guy still. All right, you know? but, okay, still okay, Matt, Matt I'm going to stop you right there. Here's the thing. People want long-term booking, and you're like, this is sure. taking too long. Okay, that's fair. But not every story needs to be stretched out uh, and rolled thin with a rolling pin. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I just think he needs to show a little bit more viciousness. Clothesline a guy on the outside. uh, Hit a man with a chair. Do something that tells us there's another side to this character. Because right now, he's just very one note, very bland almost. Yep, I agree there. I agree there. But, like, what I just wanted to say is that, like, you know, we need to... You know, and you said it best. Not everything needs long-term booking. Not everything needs to take weeks over weeks over weeks. You know, Tian Shaw comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, a year of build-up for that. For, for that. For nothing. You, you're right. Yeah, exactly. You're right. I could exercise a little bit more patience on this one, perhaps. All right. So, back to the ring. Legado del Fantasma is out. The man, the myth, the legend, Santos Escobar. Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza are all together. Santos has the mic, and he says the first words he heard in the business were, May God bless you with luck. He says the new NXT North American champion, Carmelo Hayes, is a lucky son of a bitch for winning the title last week, but his luck has vanished. Santo goes on to say uh, that Lady Luck will find Hayes, but in the meantime, here is Electra Lopez. The uh, He calls her... La Madrina, which is essentially the godmother, you know, the 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 the, the matriarch of Legado. Uh, Electra says she will set the record straight for Legado El Fantasma. Uh, Lopez takes the mic, but before she can even say a word, that rat scoundrel Cora Jade comes out. 
How angry were you when Cora Jade interrupted a Legato promo? Your <laughs> favorite act in NXT being interrupted by your least favorite act in NXT. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And you know what got me the most? Cora Jade trying to do her best Darby Allen impression. Just get off that roller coat. I hate it. Oh, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I never even had to set. Keep Cora Jade on fire. Cora Jade and I hate liars. Whoa, well, that's my Darby Allen theme impression. I love it. So the match starts, and boy, oh boy, was it a match. And not in a good way. <laughs> This was the worst thing on NXT TV this week. Thankfully, it was short, but uh, yeah, it was a very sloppy, uh, very indie first match level, two minutes. And Cora Jade pins Electro Lopez with a small package. Boris, Cora Jade is the Goldberg of the NXT 2.0 women's division. 2 0. Who's sure. next? Sure. Like Santos Escobar. <laughs> Intergender. Oh no. The way that the way that they're booking legados recently, you would think it would be. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But this was uh this was bad. We're gonna go uh sizable fail. It's one called shot out of five. It's a twenty percent Owen Nolan in the all-star game percentage. <laughs> I love it. No, but honestly, like this was even a one in my opinion, like all joking aside with you know uh, with the Cora Jade and, Le and Legado stuff, the, even a one is being super generous. It was just super sloppy. And I got to say, I'm a little concerned about Electra Lopez and her ability right now. I'm not saying she's not going to improve. Look at um, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. But right now, as of today, Electra Lopez has a lot to prove in the ring. Say what you will about the AEW women's division, but one thing they get right is that they do get a lot of matches on dark and on dark elevation and they do get a lot of ring time. Now you could argue that like a lot of the Jade Cargill, a lot of the Ty Conti, a lot of those matches are two minutes anyway, but something about the amount of time they have and the diversity of the opponents, the women's division in AEW seems to be better at producing wrestlers at this point. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I so agree. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think Electra Lopez is very green. Probably, if you wanted to be a dick about it, you could say she's one of the worst wrestlers in the company. But that's that's just at this moment. There is definitely a lot of room to improve, and she has a lot of really uh, positive traits that you yeah, can build off of. For so sure. I would not. Be I would not give up on her. I'm not. No, this I'm, I'm just saying, like, as of right now, like, every match that she's had has not impressed me at all. Look at the street fight. A street fight where you can hide people's, um, you know, their their shortcomings. They, they were still yeah. super exposed in that match, right? Like, it just, it was tough. It was bad. And it just kind of scares me to see what BFAB is going to do on the main roster, on SmackDown. But at the same time, I doubt she's going to wrestle anytime soon. I think you're completely right about all that. I'll, although the one thing that I would say is I bet that they throw BFAB in the ring immediately. You I think bet so? they do. Watch, watch I, that I happen on Friday. Anyways, um, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Tommaso Ciampa and you, our boy, Braun Breaker with two Ks. She's asking if they can be on the same page tonight. Breaker with 2K says he's seen this before ahead of the other title matches, but there will be no misunderstanding tonight. Breaker with 2K says that that's not happening tonight, and Champa better watch himself. Champa brings up how Breaker with 2K's previously said he had his back until Halloween Havoc, and he says he's just following what Breaker with 2K's lead is. 
Champa walks off. Oh, it makes me laugh every time. I like I, I like this. Yeah, a lot. I'm just following your lead, Champ, and then yep. the actual Champ walks off. I like that a lot. I thought this was a very good promo. Tommaso Champa doesn't cut bad promos, and Braun Breaker, God bless him, he's not nervous. This kid is confident. Yep. Honestly, dare I say, best promo in the Steiner family. Oh, well, okay, so I can hear the argument that Scott Steiner is a bad promo, but I think Scott Steiner is a great promo. What a wrestling promo is, it wants to, it's supposed to draw you in. It's supposed to make you want to see this guy in the ring. Scott, Scott Steiner does that. He does that. When he says, like, when he does Steiner math or he says Samoa Joe, he's fat. I want to see him suplex Samoa Joe. You know what I mean? So I think he's a great promo, but... I will hear an argument that he's a terrible promo. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying that Braun Breaker with two Ks is better. I think that's insane, but but I, I understand. I understand that opinion. All right. Uh, then we get into a triple threat where the winner... Okay. All right. The winner of this match gets the chance <laughs> to spin the wheel, make the deal. Matt, what advantage do you get from winning this match? Why would you put your body on the line? And this makes this match even worse, considering what happened when oh. you literally get no advantage. You have no say in what the match is. It's random. What's going on? Not, not only that, Boris, but they've openly told us the wheel is fake because every time someone's making an entrance or when the show starts, the wheel is just spinning, spinning out of control. Like on its own, nobody touched it. So we already know this wheel is rigged anyway. Actually, I know it's. I think someone is behind it. To be honest, just off camera. <laughs> but, I don't know. Yes. I, anyway, anyway, I, it's hilarious. Uh, it, made, it made absolutely no sense, but it, it was kind of just like, hey, like we're spinning the wheel a bunch of times anyway. We might as well just do something. I don't know. Like, are we kind of a, kind of a dumb idea? Are we just are we just over analyzing things? Can we just not have fun? <laughs> Oh, you brought it up, not me. No, no, no. no. But I'm yeah, just man. saying, like, like th that's my counter argument to this, right? Like, yes. Maybe we're looking too much into this. Maybe we shouldn't be analyzing this. Let the winner spin the wheel. I'm sure this has happened in the past many times. Who doesn't want to spin a wheel, Boris? True it, it's, it's a fun thing. It's like the price is right. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, Io Shirai versus Persia Perota versus JC Jane. The winner of this match will get to spin the wheel. Um, the match starts, and early on in the match, all right, early on in the match, uh, J.C. Jane takes a nasty bump. What happened Oof. was, uh, I forget who was outside. Suicide was it, dive. No, I know, I know what happened, but who was outside? Uh, Persia, uh, Persia, Persia Prata was outside. Uh, J.C. Jane goes for a suicide dive. Her foot clips the rope, and she falls face first. Now, I give a lot of credit to Persia Perota for checking on her right away. Where this match really lost me until the commercial, and I'm so thankful that a commercial did take place, was the referee was nowhere to be seen checking up on this ath on this performer who literally just face, face planted, and you can clearly tell she face planted because she didn't make the dive. Um, and then Io Shirai continues on with the match, I'm not blaming EO for this whatsoever. This is where the ref should have stepped in, checked on people, stopped this uh, next little thing, because EO does her moonsault springboard off of the ropes onto both women on the outside. 
And JCJ just collapsed after this. Now, watch watch this moonsault by EO. This yes. is where this is where you see EO is a true professional. This is where you see how unbelievable and how much of a veteran presence she has. She lands this moonsault on her feet, completely perfect, beautiful landing. Doesn't really touch either wrestler at all, especially not JC Jane. They're both like it, it was just it was just an absolutely picture perfect, beautiful moonsault that could not have been you could not have placed her better if you had a mouse on a computer, you know. Just you like she was just absolutely perfect about that moonsault. But yeah, I agree with you. The, the ref should have stepped in, and uh, ultimately JC Jane had to leave the match, and she did not come back after the commercial break. Yeah. In the picture in picture during commercial, it was pretty clear that something was wrong because Io Shirai was kind of just kind of just had Persia in a submission on the ground on the floor as they were obviously tending to JC Jane off camera. So, yeah, yeah that kind of it kind of made the match you know, completely fall apart. And I do feel really bad for JC. I hope she's healthy and I hope she doesn't have a concussion. And it's a terrible idea to put these six women in a ladder match. We just saw, we just saw JC Jane, God bless her, like, you know, get hurt on a Tope Suicida. They're going to be doing stuff more dangerous than a Tope Suicida in a ladder match, man. Yeah. So here's the thing. So that was horrible. And I really do hope that JC Jane is all right and that she'll be able to compete next week um, and that, you know, everything is cool. They were just taking precautions. Um, But, you know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And if anything, Persia Peralta, she stepped up in this match. Yeah, she looked she's uh, she's new, but she looked pretty good. She she like. You know, her selling was all right. It was like she sold at the right points and I think the right amount. Uh, you could argue that in that uh, submission on the ground during commercial, but I'll give them a pass on that. That was kind of the uh, a weird situation. But I, I did really enjoy this uh, this uh, showing from Persia Parada a lot. It was her first kind of big match on the main stage, and she delivered. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what my point is. I think she delivered. And it wasn't anything outstanding in terms of new stuff in this match. It was a very typical Io Shirai match. She did the 619. She did the missile dropkick. She does her moonsault. She did everything. Um, and at one point, she had the cross-face submission in the middle of the ring. Persia powers her up, slams Shirai. Um, Shirai comes right back up, hits a German super suplex shirai goes on and drops persia then nails the big top rope moonsault for the win in let's see 11 11 11 11 11 11 yeah so you know i the power to persia peralta power to eu this match was perfectly fine and matt how would you rate this match yeah, so uh, I thought, uh, yeah, like I, I, maybe I'm going above average for EO holding it all together and just being an absolute professional. But yeah, I couldn't go lower than three out of five for this one. Three called shots out of five. And again, it was the EO show. Dude, considering that this is developmental, considering that Persia Peralta could have just melted down and like, you know, injured JC Jane, the fact that so much could have gone wrong, but everyone held it together. And after the commercial, they actually had a pretty good match. I would give this match at the very least three. Yeah, exactly right, man. Exactly right. And there are still some problems with it, but yeah, we're, we're going to go we're gonna go three called shots out of five for this one. I thought it was a, a very good showing, and EO, man, EO is just like one of the best workers in the company, period. And if you need, a, if you need to see, if you need to be shown that, watch this match. Watch how she held it together. Yep. All right, so Zoe Stark joins EO Shirai after the 
after the uh, replays, they spin the wheel. Indy Hartwell is in the ring with uh, uh, Persia Peralta. The wheel lands on a scare way to hell ladder match. That means that, uh, you know, it's going to be six women in a ladder match. Cod, watch over them all. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And yeah, somehow like Zoe Stark is one of the veterans in this match, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, man, yeah, it, it could be it could be a mess, but I'm, it'll hopefully be pretty entertaining. And I definitely hope all six performers are safe. Is it the scare away to hell? Uh, hat on a hat like they stairway to hell is still scary enough you know what I mean yeah. I don't think they need to literally throw the word scare into it to make it a double pun I know I know too much puns it's all punny <laughs> yeah all right so in the middle of that match though we saw LA Knight and Grayson Waller um, go back uh, with jabbing each other saying that they should host Halloween Havoc so you know it's WWE, it's wrestling, let's have a match to see who hosts next week's Halloween Havoc. Sure, okay, <laughs> why not? Finally, a match with some real stakes around here, Boris. Yep. Um, then Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett are saying something's going on in the back, the camera's cut backstage, and it's my boys like Gado beating down on Trey Baxter um, while taunting his girlfriend Cora Jade. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs run in to make the save as officials try to break things up. This was uh, okay. I, I don't mind this in small doses. It's not the worst. You feel like a, make it feel like a chaotic, vibrant atmosphere backstage. That's all right. It's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. We get a video package on your boy, Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, who will be back in action tonight. Um, yeah. So what do you think of this little promo? He's doing great character work, man. I really do like Tony D'Angelo. I, I, and the fans like him, too. Like, the announcers like him. He's doing good. He's doing a good job. He's a, he's a 1990s character, but he's he's one of the better ones. You know, he's going to be remembered well, like Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um <laughs> All right, so we get another coming soon teaser for Solo Sokoa. He's going to debut at Halloween Havoc next week. Certified Oos, the street fighter of the island. I like it. Let's see what he can bring to the table, and let's see if he gets uh, shot to the main roster in six months. Yep. All right, this next segment was my favorite thing on the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, fair enough. I laughed. I liked it a lot, too. All right, so we're in the bathroom. We see uh, Kashida taking a whiz. Ikman Jiro interrupts him. Uh, Jiro is excited to team up with Kashida, but Kashida says that if they're going to team up, he needs to be style strong. Jiro ends up dumping everything out of Kashida's bag, and he picks up the Back to the Future gear from the bag, and he says it's time to go back to the future. They touch wrists, and the lights go down, and we get a blue glow aura in the bathroom to end the segment. So I thought it was funny. Ekman Jiro just opens his bag and dumps all his stuff bathroom. on the dirty bathroom floor. Because <laughs> she's like, what, what the hell are you doing? I actually did that. It's the subtle, good dude, it was the subtlety of like, we're in the bathroom and you're dumping everything out. <laughs> you dare we say subtlety in a WWE segment. But yeah, was, this, was, uh, this was actually pretty funny. I like Ekman Jiro being like the crazy uh, bombastic one and Kushida more the straight man of this team. I think this, this, du this duo... Kind of has potential here. You know what? 
I'm actually 100% shocked that in a Kevin Dunn, Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon run NXT, they're going to allow Kushida to run with the Back to the Future gimmick. That's true. That's true, yeah. But he needed he needed something, and I'm glad that they let him have something. Yeah. Dude, this was so cheesy and amazing all at once. I love this. All right. So it's time for Tony D'Angelo versus Rue Feng. Um, the pop that D'Angelo got, honestly, was amazing to see. Like, it just makes me happy to see some of these characters that you and I are kind of liking actually being liked by the fans. How could you not like Tony D'Angelo, though? He's, he's really great at this character. You can tell he's like he's a Sopranos fan. He's just doing Tony, but he's doing a good job as like comedic wrestler Tony Soprano. He really is. And then there's his in-ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it still needs work, but I thought this was significantly better than the last time we saw him. He's he was more focused. He had like more of a more of a I don't know like aggression, more of that that physical vibe. He wasn't just in there doing stuff. He was trying to win a wrestling match, and uh, I thought he looked way better this time. He still needs work, but I, I think he's like got he's got it, you know, yeah. like in and that's that's enough. Short match went only one minute, 46 seconds. Tony D'Angelo won with a fisherman's uh, swinging fisherman's neck breaker. I call it the Gaba Cruel. Matt calls it. Let's go with the Bada Bing. Or we could even call it the Gumar Clamp. There's a number of things we could call it. Let's come up with a new one every week until they name it. But uh, yeah, it's also known Perry Saturn used to call it the three-handled moss-covered family gradunzel, Boris. Yep, yep, exactly. I, I, I like our names more. <laughs> Same. I thought this was this was solid, but at the end of the day, it was every WWE squash you've ever seen. So we're gonna go two and a half called shots out of five, fifty percent Mendoza line kind of match. But it was better than the last one. He's yeah. improving. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, Samantha Irvin interviews Tony D'Angelo in the middle of the ring, asking if he knows anything about Lash Legends producer Mark going missing tony asks if she's some kind of snitch or something he swears on the grave of his great-grandfather and says he knows nothing hands her some cash tells her to go buy something nice for herself and to forget about it i swear on my grandfather's grave that i know nothing about nothing but hey you you get yourself something nice and he just he just puts it in her head man he's he's, he's a really good promo crowd popped hard for this they laughed out loud at get yourself something nice you heard laughter in a wwe audience real laughter man this kid's got something this tony d'angelo i'm telling you <laughs> He really does. I, like I'm still flabbergasted at how such a stereotypical, stereotypical, borderline almost racist character is getting <laughs> so over. Well, I've read on the internet that you can't be racist to Italians. No, but uh, I, I do think I, I do think it's just at the end of the day, it's on the performer, and this guy's a good performer. Period. Yeah. Exactly. All right, we go back to Duke's poker room with Duke Hudson. He makes some big plays, gets the best of an unknown person. He says his poker room is always open, so is mine. Wink, wink. Duke says whether it's in the ring or in the poker room, he's he is the house, and the house always wins. That's some kind of dirty euphemism, Boris. Anyway, I uh, I thought uh, this was pretty good, too. Not quite as good as the great Tony D'Angelo, but Duke Hudson is a good speaker. And this poker, poker character, it's weird. It's 15 years too late. But again, the performer behind it is actually a pretty damn good performer. I still say it's five years too early, but here's the thing. Here's, here's like, the, and all joking aside, I think this is Duke 
Hudson. I think he must be a poker player, and he feels super comfortable with this character. You can tell he's comfortable. He's very comfortable in his own skin. Super confident kid, this Duke Hudson, for sure. Yep. All right. Uh, the music of Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs hits. They're not coming out. The cameras cut backstage, and we see uh, Jensen laid out. Briggs and the referee are checking on him. Joaquin Wild goes wild on him. Drops Briggs with a steel chair. Legado's uh, Wild Raul. Santos Escobar and Lecture Lopez head to the ring as we go to commercial. Yeah, interesting. I like the way this was shot. They went up the ramp with it, like reverse entrance style. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, fine, fine little bit of heat to add to the heels. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this match, this match was interesting. This match, I got to say, as common as Brooke Jansen and Josh Briggs characters are, as okay as their in-ring is, I think they're really working. I think this really works for them. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good character. And the, the first time I saw Brooks Jensen, I said he was one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. This uh, he's he's improved to the point where I barely noticed him. So that's OK. That's better than like noticeably terrible. You know, uh, just kind of their vanilla is a significant improvement on that. Yeah. So this match went about five minutes and 30 seconds. Now, question for you, Matt, considering the attack before the match. Did Legado look weak? Should they have finished this match and got the win earlier? Maybe, but you know what? I didn't even consider that until you said it. So they didn't look that weak. But now that you bring that up, yes, <laughs> that probably makes sense. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe, you know, this can this speaks to how, how they're tough they are, right? Like, to me, they are the country boys APA, right? Like, this is, this, I feel like they're that character. Briggs and Brooks uh, Protection Agency, the B&B Protection. Let's do it. Yeah, man. All right, so uh, Briggs is taken off the apron. Mendoza and Walt hit a running knee Russian leg sweep combo for the win at 5 minutes, 30 seconds-ish, as you put it, because this match did start in the middle of the commercial. Yes. So, yeah, we don't know the exact length, but, yeah, they don't have a name for their tag team finisher yet, eh? Legato, not that I have caught anyway. But it's the Russian leg sweep with, like, a non-rotating trouble in paradise kick to the face. It's like a it's like a no 360 trouble in paradise. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how would you rate this match? Uh, I would say this, to me, felt like an average tag team match out of WWE, and Legato did a decent job. But, yeah, they're, they're in there with two guys who are pretty green. So we're going to go two and a half called shots out of five. Mendoza line for this one as well. All right. So I'm going to talk about this tomorrow on BAM. But I felt so disrespected at this point. Um, not only did Sportsnet cut the Dodgers game on live TV uh, to watch another team, two other baseball teams. Anyways, but Legato. What is going on with Legado at this point? Where do you see them going? Like, it just seems very weird. It seems very awkward. Like you said, or maybe I was thinking it, um, Santos cannot go for the North American title right now. He needs a big rehab win program. I wonder who you'd slot him with. Well, he can beat, like, the Grayson Wallers of the world, but... Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I'm a little worried, but they do good work. They they are all entertaining and good in the ring, except for Electra. But uh, I think, I don't know. I, I think they'll be fine. But do I see them like going to the main roster and holding titles? No, not necessarily. No. 
No, I think this is it for them. I really do think that if they if they didn't make the move this time, they're not going to, unfortunately. Now we'll see. We'll see. They are they are good. So who knows? Maybe they'll uh, Vince McMahon will notice one day. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm worried. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just I, they're in such a weird position. Um, even in this match, like I said, they weren't made to look super strong. Electra Lopez lost with uh, to Cora Jade of all people in this human world, um, and Santos Escobar. You know, he's got nothing right now. So I don't know. It's really weird. They're in a really weird position, um, but we'll see what ends up happening. So after this, um, we get a video package and an awesome video package for Mandy Rose versus Raquel Gonzalez next week. What did you think? I like this. Raquel Gonzalez, badass fighter, Mandy Rose, hot model type. And, uh, you know, it's it's a personality clash. It's a style clash. But, yeah, this, this video was pretty good at uh, telling you who both of these people are and uh, what their motivations are. I, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, pretty good little hype package. Mandy Rose looking good. <laughs> yes. All right. So after this, uh, we have a a um, host on a pole match not really on a pole just host on the line match la knight versus grayson waller man grayson waller is really starting to grow on me i don't know why he's got no character he's got nothing but he's just a fun charismatic guy yeah his character is generic uh european daredevil guy like generic will jump off a cliff man (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I think his in-ring is pretty like it's it's very exciting. He's like a, he's a tall guy who does cruiserweight moves. It's a, he, I like Grayson Waller. He's growing on me for sure. Yep. Yep. This is just very weird. This is a very short match overall. What this match went uh, two minutes, 47 seconds. And L.A. Knight won with his blunt force trauma. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much nothing to this again. I wouldn't sit on a hill and call it bad, but I also couldn't tell you it was good. So we're going to go Mendoza line yet again, two and a half uh, called shots out of five for this one. But Grayson Waller does, uh, he does kind of stand out in this NXT. You want to see him more in the ring. Yep. All right, so um, back from the break, we get another cryptic dark vignette for that mystery wrestler debuting or returning next week at Halloween Havoc. Who do you think it is? So they threw, uh, I was kind of on the fence on this until part of the things that she was throwing in to the grave, she was burying. One of the things was a crutch. And I think that was a shout that is either Tony Storm or Dakota Kai. I think it's going to be Dakota Kai. I think this character is uh, a reset for Dakota Kai in NXT. She also threw like a WWE chair in there. So I think this is going to be talking about like she tried to go to the main roster, kind of failed a little bit, and now she's back to be a badass ass kicker. And I don't know, maybe they're going to actually have Raquel beat Mandy Rose and Dakota could take the title from Raquel. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I, yeah, I, I do think it's Dakota Kai. I, I am convinced it is a woman now. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I I honestly thought it was Elias at first. Um, but yeah. yeah, I love how at the end of the day, both of our options are people coming back to NXT. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah, so this this character threw into a grave a crutch and a WWE uh, live event chair. So I, I do think that's going to be symbolism for Dakota Kai. That's what I think it is. And everything was dark, so that also symbolizes all the dark matches she's been in. <laughs> 
I love it. Five stars. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, they're tearing up the locker room looking for a missing NXT North American title. They pulled a Jericho. Uh, one of the lockers is lit up with spider webs in it. Trick pulls out a paper. Apparently, it's a drawing by Dexter Loomis, where Loomis and Johnny Gargano tell Trick and Hayes to visit an open house or a haunted house next week to get the title back. Trick doesn't like haunted houses, but Hayes wants his title back. They walk off, and uh, that ends the segment. Trick Williams did a good job selling a stupid WWE joke. He pulled the thing out and he read it backwards and he's like, what is this Da Vinci code? And it was just such a like such a base, dumb joke that you would write and throw out. But they actually did it. But uh, he sold it so well that I was like, ah, it's Trick Williams. He's going to be OK. He yep. can really sell this this crap material. Hayes and Williams, like, honestly, I, they're so good together. So good. Yep. Um, all right. So the announcers announced that the. Uh, Imperium MSK match will also be a spin the wheel, make the deal match. I wonder what kind of stipulation we get there. Do you think we go two out of three falls? Do you think we go like cage match? What do you think we're going to get? Casket match. <laughs> Tag team casket match. Tag team casket ever. match. And you know the crowd is going to go insane if MSK <laughs> loses. I love it. I love the tag team casket match concept. But the question is, is Marty Jannetty free so that they can rise? <laughs> <laughs> Who will resurrect? Who will be risen to the ashes? Uh, yeah, man, that's hilarious. I'm sure Marty Jannetty's free to answer your question. Yes, From he is. jail or free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps he's not free. Yeah. Oh, Lord. All right, so the main it's time for the main event. Grizzle Young Veterans versus the... Are, can they coexist, Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker with two Ks? What you think of this could match? You, could you imagine a tag team of people, Boris, that aren't getting along? <laughs> Crazy. What a concept. There's a few uh, tropes. Hold on. Before we get to this, not just because you said this, there's a few <laughs> tropes in wrestling that I am absolutely sick of, that both WWE and AEW and ROH and any impact do. This is definitely one of them. This is like the the straight up Vince McMahon playbook. Though this is this is like almost the Vince McMahon senior playbook. I think they used to do this in the, this in the WWWF. Yeah, I wasn't alive. Someone would have to, uh, you know, confirm that. But I think that they've been doing this for like fifty years. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like yeah, there's a few things right now in wrestling that it's just a little too much. But maybe we say it's too much because we watch like twenty thousand hours of wrestling a week now. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was the best thing on the show. I thought this was a pretty strong match, and I'm excited for the for the main event next you know, week. You know what the best thing on this match was? When Braun Breaker with two Ks put on the Steiner recliner. Yes, the the Breaker uh, re, 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 Raker. I don't even know what you'd call this move now. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh Lord! But yeah, though no, that was great. Um, yeah, no, what this match was good. This match was fun. Like I, I gotta say, Braun Breaker doesn't look like a rookie. Oh no, Maybe. it's his confidence level. Yeah, he's just a- so like sure of himself in there. He knows exactly what he's gonna do. He has his spots. He hits them well. And yeah, man, it's gonna be awesome to see what he can do in a long match because for these little two minute bursts, he's got it figured out. He's got and it you figured know what? out. But he's gonna he's- go probably at least ten next week. Yeah, he. But he's also got some of the, like the psychology down, right? Like the yeah. the giving the eyes to Champa, you know, the the I'm going to beat you up, but we ha- we're in the middle of a match type stuff like those non-tangible things that guys just have to have. He seems yeah. to have them. 
you either get it or you don't. This kid gets it big time. Yeah, exactly. So at one point, Champa gives Breaker a hard slap of a tag. Uh, Breaker almost attacks him, but Ch- the champion ducked, allowing Drake to take the heavy offense. Uh, Braun Breaker with two Ks, one with the military military press power slam. Yeah, very good showing, man. This kid is twenty three years old at this moment. He's about to turn twenty four. Braun Breaker is, but yeah, just the whole world ahead of him. He could be a star for. 15, 20 years in wrestling, at least. It's really like, I'm excited for this main event. I thought this was a good match. Uh, We're going to go as high as three and a half called shots out of five. 70% best thing on the show. And let's do it next week, buddy. Yep, exactly. Um, And yeah, the match essentially ended. Uh, Both guys just stare at each other. And that was it. Yes, sir. So I guess we'll quickly all go through the Halloween Havoc card and we can go from there. So the main event is going to be the NXT men's title. It's Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa in a straight up one versus one singles match. We also have the NXT women's title, which is spin the wheel, make the deal. Mandy Rose versus Raquel Gonzalez. We have the NXT men's tag team titles, spin the wheel, make the deal. Imperium versus MSK. And we have the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles, which is a scare way to hell ladder match. That's Io Shirai and Zoe Stark champions versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. And we assume Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. But JC Jane may have a concussion. So that sucks. Also, Solo Sokoa, who is himself certified Us, son of Rikishi and brother of the Usos, wrestles his first match in NXT. Exactly. So we'll see. That's going to be look fun. Anything else you want to say about this episode of NXT 2.0 before we move on to NXT UK? If uh, if this is what it is now, it's I still feel bad for Triple H. I still feel bad for the LA Knights, the Johnny Garganos, the Kyle O'Reillys who did not sign up for this. They signed up for like the super indie and shows in front of 40,000 people like from time to time. You know what I mean? If they can get into an arena. But 20,000, not 40,000, sorry. Anyway, uh, I feel bad for the performers, but I actually do like the direction of this. If it's going to be developmental, this is actually watchable. This is okay. This was the best NXT 2.0 show. Agreed. All right. You know what that means. It is time for NXT UK on NXT UK Corner. And once again, we had... Actually, not only was this, once again, the best hour of WWE TV, but this particular episode may have been one of the best episodes of NXT UK that we have reviewed. 100%. I really, really like the show. I will watch NXT UK every week, no matter what. This is the best uh, show on WWE TV. I think this was better than Rampage or SmackDown, like the previous, like the following day. Yep. The big Rampage versus SmackDown Friday Night War was the next day. And I watched, I didn't watch SmackDown. I did watch Rampage and the buy-in. And I thought, man, NXT UK is as good as this show or better some weeks. Like, I obviously, you know, you could argue the main event, but I did kind of think maybe Dragonov versus, uh, Dragonov versus A-Kid was 
I don't know if I want to say better than Suzuki Danielson. It was it was right on that level. So this man, if you're if you're sleeping on NXT UK, it's your loss. If you can work in 50 minutes a week, 45 minutes a week for this brand, please do it. It's really really good. It really really is. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought it was it was. Oof. It's I would honestly rate the uh, A Kid and Dragonov, Danielson and Suzuki the same level. Like, it, they, they were so different, but yet so perfectly and well done. Yeah, exactly. I I couldn't agree with you more, man. But yeah, let's get into this yep. show quick and uh, tell you about it. All right, so we saw a returning Blair Davenport. She's been suspended, but Stevie Turner wanted her, so she Blair Davenport was reinstated. So match number one was Stevie Turner versus Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport just continues to dominate, but this was a pretty good match overall. Stevie Turner got a bit of offense, but not in the, this was a squash match. She shouldn't have gotten offense. This was the, this was a very good match. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. It was it was brief, like you said. It went four minutes forty two seconds. Uh, Blair Davenport ends up winning after a, a semi not a squash, semi competitive bout, as All they right. would say. She wins with the Falcon Arrow. She does the deal, Boris. Here's the thing, I laughed so hard. Did you notice that right before she need her with the Kamigoye, she said "knee ya later." <laughs> I actually missed that. Tip of the cap to you, Blair Davenport. Very good. <laughs> she might be my new favorite wrestler right now just because of that. <laughs> just a good pun. That's all Boris needs. That's a key to the man's heart right yep. there. Yep. So as Matt mentioned, Blair Davenport won with a Falcon Arrow. Um, yeah. How many crumpets, how many supernovas would you give this match? It was a little too short to be anything more than I would say three supernovas out of five but uh, that might that might be underrating it because there was not a second of this that was that was bad in any way c but the c might be too low for this one i uh, there's a pretty strong match but that's yep. what i wrote down so let's stick with it yep davenport reminds all the ladies in the back that she's back ready to dominate the locker room and i really like the presentation of this like they did a it was kind of cool to see with the lights turned down um and and the, the, the and whatnot it was really cool yep all yep, right yep, yep. fully so, co-signed Yep. All right. So we see Ilya Dragunov getting warmed up for his main event match. Ah, Noam Dar. Poor Noam Dar. No one came to a celebration party. So last week, Noam Dar won the NXT UK Heritage Cup Contenders Tournament. And he's um, Shaw Samuels tried to arrange a party, but no one was there. Because Noam Dar is a heel shitbag. He's a sleazy greaseball. No one wants to hang out with him. I love it. Yep. All right. Uh, and Shaw Samuels talks about his match against Flash Morgan Webster. So that was that. Uh, Teoman is very upset for coming up short in the Heritage Cup tournament. Rohan Raja tries to cheer him up, but Teoman assures him things will get better once they expand their family. Yes. So that's very interesting, too. A couple awesome promos back to back here. I like this Teoman character. You like him uh, a little bit more than I do, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, the the godfather of NXT it is not not in the uh, not in the Tony Soprano bada bang way but in the uh, he's pulling the strings. Yep. All right. Sid Scala tells Ginny that she'll get her NXT UK title match in not one, not two, but three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Let's build up to a future match. Another good little promo, and I actually laughed out loud hard Ginny's closing line here as she's walking out she just looks over her shoulder to Sid Scala and says word of advice 
burn your clothes. And it was just her, her delivery on that. I did not see that coming at all. And yeah, the, the fashionista, she is an awesome character. She's not only a good wrestler, but she can cut a good promo too. This Ginny, she, she's going places. In a fair world, she'd be on the main roster getting a push. Yeah, 100%. Um, whatever happened to Kaylee Ray? That's so funny. Hopefully they're, they kind of just... They kind of just have her in limbo because they don't quite know what to do with her, but she's going to come up soon. But I was surprised she wasn't picked in the draft. I'm actually a little worried. If if uh, AEW gets their hands on Kaylee Ray, woof, woof. She could be a huge addition to the women's roster on that huge, uh, show. Huge. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. This leads us into the next match with Shaw Samuels versus Flash Morgan. Webster, man, Shaw Samuels wrestling gear, the, the just makes me laugh. The suspenders on the trunks. Yeah, <laughs> man. Did you see the weight loss? The Shaw Samuels weight loss? Did you see like the before and after pics? Yep. This guy has gotten himself into incredible shape. And I actually read a lot about it. And he's he's a new father. And he's working out with his kids. He's like kind of like motivating. They're going on walks and he's kind of trying to be like trying to add some exercise to the family. So good for him. That's just a good thing to do. It's just like, you know, as, as a human being, like tip of the cap to you. And the work is paid off. He looks great. He's looked like he's dropped like 65, 70 pounds. Like he's yeah. shredded. Kids got abs. Yeah. And also he was saying that, you know, back in 2019, he was signed to WWE, but he failed a medical. So he couldn't get the contract way back when. So, yeah, so it's just between that, being a new father, dude, he looks amazing. Yeah, like, I'm really impressed. And, like, it's like a, it's like a feel-good story, honestly. Like, good for you, Shaw Samuels. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Webster clocks Samuels with a nasty-looking headbutt, but he stumbles right into a spine buster from Samuels. He caught him after a springboard off the middle rope, did this awesome-looking spine buster. Shaw Samuels oh, wins. Like a double-A spine buster out of a springboard. And it was brutal. It was one of the best spine busters. It was Arn Anderson-esque for sure. It was like straight out of WrestleMania five or no, the Survivor Series versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was honestly crazy. Um, so, yeah, this match was fun. Uh, Shaw Samuels looks pretty damn good. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster, you know, he's talented. So how would you rate this match? Yeah, exactly right. We're going to go three and a half supernovas out of five, 70%. It's a B. Good job on you, Shaw Samuels. Want to see more? Yep, we see a kid also preparing for his career-altering match. He takes off his headphones, put his jacket on. Um, then we go to Nina Samuel, and the Nina Samuel show is in full effect. She helps set up a future match with Zaya Brooks and Aaliyah James. I like I like Nina Samuels. Her like delusional "I'm a star" gimmick is it's working for. Her. Yep. And then your boy Jordan Devlin. He wants a rematch against Joe Coffey. Devlin promises an ace can power an Iron King any day. Boris, this is why it's important to not dig our heels in. It's important to evolve because I'm glad that I, I didn't just be like, no, Jordan Devlin sucks, because I would be missing out on a great performer. Jordan Devlin rules. I don't know what my problem was. He's actually pretty goddamn good. It's the same problem I have with Cora Jade. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes the heart wants what it wants and sometimes the heart hates what it hates. Yep. All right. Now it's time. For the main event, the NXT UK Championship match, Ilya Dragunov, your champ, versus A-Kid. Where do we start? Man, just, 
just just such a good bit of like match just the storytelling just work just everything 19 minutes and 21 seconds so it was long but it wasn't too long it did not overstay its welcome they just man just like a master class in wrestling this match was alien Dragonoff versus a kid for the nxt uk title we're talking about by the way just oh man so so good William Regal actually tweeted out that this would be the type of match that they show wrestlers in the performance center. They're going to be teaching this match basically. So you could say it was like, it was like a classic, like it was that good. I'm actually wrestling. Like I said, was this better than Suzuki versus Danielson or was it worse? Here's, here's one argument to make it better. The selling and the storytelling of the selling. Yes, yeah, the working over each other's injuries in this match and just all of, like, the layers of selling. Like, I actually thought the announcer should have hit. There's a point when A-Kid hits Dragunov with a super kick as Dragunov's going in for Torpedo Moscow, and he crumples underneath his own legs, and Ilya Dragunov is, like, basically pinned, completely screwed. A-Kid's on top of him while Dragunov is, is like bent over on top of his own legs. And I really thought the announcer should have been like, he can't kick out. He can't kick out. It's over. It's over. And then Dragunov like barely got his shoulder off the mat. It was the only thing he could have done. I just, yeah, it, there's so much going on. This match actually would reward multiple viewings. I'm going to watch it again before the year is done to properly slot it in my list. But it's like top 25 of the year, at least. No lower. No, 100%. Like this match... Just so good. The selling, the storytelling, the hits. The, the like, you know, the one thing that makes me cringe is Dragonov's punches to the head. But you know what? There was a, at one point they start this slap fest in the middle of the ring, and it was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, man. That's what I mean. Like, as good as Danielson versus Suzuki was, it was kind of all slap fest, wasn't it? It was yeah. a lot of the like the fighting spirit. And I don't mean to I don't mean to belittle it at all. But this I feel like this match was a more complete wrestling match overall, you know? Yeah, bell to bell, it had wrestling, but it also had your Suzuki-esque slip uh, f- uh fisticuffs, right? Like yes. you know, that then and, and and like I say, the storytelling, the selling was just insane. Like, you know, throughout the entire match, their knees, their ribs, their back, and they kept selling them. You know, uh both of them would slowly get up because of whatever injury they have. Ilya Dragonov would slowly climb to the top rope because his knees out. Right, like it just that stuff. It was just so well done. The reversals, um, you know, the 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 the, uh, the uh, a kid trying to get that triangle on Dragonov, but Dragonov just constantly, constantly, like you know, just his last clutch effort. It was just so well done. Yes, absolutely. And Ilya Dragunov, we know we're in good hands with this guy, man. Every time he gets in the ring, we're gonna have a great match. He's like, he's like the. He's like a combination of uh, Finn Balor and William Regal with like a little a little Dean Malenko and a little Minoru Suzuki thrown in there. Like this kid is just great. He's something special, Ilya Dragunov. Really Dude, is. He, like, I'm thinking about my lists for the end of the year, and he might be very close to top of wrestler of the year for me. Yeah, man, he's awesome. He's so he's so he I couldn't make you a top five, maybe a top ten and not put him on it this year. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so A-Kid applied an armbar. Dragunov hoists him up, drops him on the mat with a powerbomb. A-Kid holds the armbar in place. Dragunov sends A-Kid away with a beautiful torpedo Moscow, and he got the win in almost 20 minutes. 
and he lives to fight another day as NXT UK champ. Yes, 19 minutes, 21 seconds, four and a half supernovas out of five, A plus, 90%, match of the year contender. Watch this wrestling match. Yo, 100%. It was honestly just not, you know what? Like, I'm going to say it. Best match of last week might be the best match of the month. This is going to be on our top match list for sure and near the top-ish. Such a good match. Definitely, I'd like, right on the level with Danielson versus Suzuki. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, go check this one out. Yeah, 100%. Well, Matt, it's that time. It's that time. Word up. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, YouTube Operation Sports. I got a new video up talking about the flaws with NHL 22. A great game with some tragic flaws, but such is life. And uh, Boris, we're, we're hanging in there. We're swinging away. Going to come back with BAM G1 Finals uh, Thursday morning. And uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, we have a lot to go through. BallerGear.ca for all your merch. Um, as a patron, you're getting a lot, including a special Crown Jewel review on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, Yes, sir. The smack daddies, the East Coast dads holding it down on what is on paper by far the best Saudi show. He's Matt. I'm Boris. The show is NXT Talk. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.